Part four of Myths and Legends of the Mississippi Valley and the Great Lakes by Catherine Barry Judson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Pipestone Sioux Before there were any people on the earth, Gitche Manito hunted the buffalo. He killed them and cooked them before his campfire on the red rocks on the top of the Coteau de Prairies, the mountain of the prairies so the blood of the buffaloes ran over the rocks and made them red. Kichimanito was then a very large bird. We can still see his tracks in the red stone. Now it happened a large snake crawled out of its hole to eat the eggs of the bird. Then at once the egg hatched out in a clap of thunder. Kichimanito took a piece of stone to throw at the snake. He shaped it in his hands like to a man. Now this man's feet stood fast in the ground where he was thus he stayed for many ages therefore he grew very old he was older than a hundred men at the present time at last another tree grew beside him it grew a long while until a snake bit off the roots then the two people left the pipestone quarry they wandered away they were the grandfathers of all the tribes the pipestone nisino a great flood came, then the tribes met on the Coteau de Prairies, on the mountain of the prairies, to get out of the way of the waters. Then the waters rose higher. Thus the tribes were drowned. Gichimanito made them into stone. Therefore the stone is red. Now when the waters were rising, a young woman caught the foot of a large bird flying near. It was War Eagle. He carried her to the top of a large mountain. Thus she was saved then she married war eagle now all the tribes were drowned therefore the children of war eagle and the indian woman were the ancestors of all the indians paupuk kiwis ojibwa a man found himself standing alone on the prairie he was very large and strong he thought to himself how did i come here am i all alone on the earth i must travel until i find the abode of men so he started out. After a long time he came to a wood. There were decayed stumps there, very old, as if cut in the olden times. Again he journeyed a long time. He came to a wood in which there were more stumps, newly cut. Then he came to the fresh trail of people. He saw wood just cut, lying in heaps. At sunset he came out of the forest. He saw a village of many lodges standing on rising ground. He said, I will go there on the run. He ran. When he came to the first lodge, he sprang over it. Those within saw something pass over the smoke hole. They heard a thump on the ground. They said, What is that? They ran out. They invited him to enter. Many warriors were in the wigwam and an old chief. The chief said, Where are you going? What is your name? He said, I am in search of adventures. I am Paupuk Kiwis. Then they laughed. After a short time he went on. A young man went with him as his mesh in awa, as his pipe-bearer. As they journeyed, Paupuk Kiwis did strange things. He leaped over trees. He whirled on one foot until dust clouds were flying. One day a large village of wigwams came in their trail. They went to it. The chief told him of evil manitos who had killed all the people going to that village. War parties had been sent against them, and the warriors were all killed. Papukiwis said, I will go and visit them. 
The chief said, Oh, no, they are evil. They will kill you. Paupukiwis said, I will go and visit them. Then the chief said, I will send twenty warriors with you. So Paupukiwis, with his pipe-bearer and twenty warriors, started off at once. They came near the lodge. Paupukiwis said, Hide here, thus you will be safe. You will see what I do. He went to that lodge. He entered. The Manitos were very ugly. They were evil-looking. There were a father and four sons. They offered him food. He refused it. The old Manito said, What have you come for? Nothing, said Paupukiwis. Do you want to wrestle? asked the Manito. Yes, said Paupukiwis. At once the elder brother rose and they began to wrestle. These Manitos were very evil. They wished to kill Paupukiwis in order to eat him, but that man was very strong. He tripped the Manito, then he threw him down. His head struck on a stone. The next brother wrestled with Paupukiwis. He fell. Then the other two wrestled. All four fell on the ground. The old Manito began to run. Paupukiwis pursued him. He pursued him in a very queer way, just for fun. Sometimes he leaped over him and ran ahead. Sometimes he pushed him ahead from behind. All the twenty warriors cried, Ah, ha, 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 ha. Papukiwis is driving him. At last Papukiwis killed him. Thus all the evil Manitos were dead. Then they looked on the bones of the warriors and people who had been killed by those evil ones. Then Papukiwis took three arrows. He performed a ceremony to Gichi Manito. He shot one arrow. He cried, You who are lying down, rise up or you will be hit. At once the bones all moved to one place. He shot a second arrow. He cried, You who are lying down, rise up, or you will be hit. The proper bones moved together toward each other. He shot a third arrow. He cried, You who are lying down, rise up, or you will be hit. The people became alive again. Then Papukiwits led them back to the village of the friendly chief. This one then came to him with his counsel. He said, You should rule my people. You only are able to defend them. Papukiwis said, I am going on a journey. Let my pipe-bearer be chief. And so he was. Papukiwis began his journey. Ho, 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 cried all the people. Come back again. Ho, ho, ho. He journeyed on. He came to a lake made by beavers. He stood on the beaver dam and watched. He saw the head of a beaver peering out. Footnote. With a smile he spake in this wise, O my friend Amik the beaver, cool and pleasant is the water. Let me dive into the water. Let me rest there in your lodges. Change me too into a beaver. Cautiously replied the beaver, with reserve he thus made answer, Let me first consult the others. Let me ask the other beavers. Hiawatha. End note. Make me a beaver like yourself, said Paupukiwis. He wanted to see how beavers lived. I will go and ask what the others have to say, said Beaver. Soon the beavers looked out to see if he were armed. He had left his bow and arrow in a hollow tree. Make me a beaver, said Papukiwis. I wish to live among you. Yes, said Beaver Chief. Lie down. He lay down. He found himself a beaver. You must make me large, he said. Yes, said Beaver Chief. When we get into the lodge, you shall be made very large. So they all dived down into the water again. 
They passed heaps of tree limbs and logs lying on the bottom of the river. "'What are these for?' asked Papukewis. "'For our winter food,' said Beaver Chief. Now when they got into the lodge, they made Papukewis very large. They made him ten times larger than themselves. Soon a beaver came running in. He cried, "'The Indians are hunting us!' At once all the beavers ran out of the lodge door on the bottom of the river. Papukewis was too large. He could not get out. The Indians broke down the dam. They lowered the water. They broke in the lodge, and they saw that one. "'Tayu, tayu!' cried the Indians. "'Mishamik, the chief of the beavers, is here.' And so they killed him. Yet Papukewis kept thinking. They placed his great body on a pole. Seven or eight Indians carried it. They went back to their lodges. They sent out invitations for a great feast. Then the women came out to skin him on the snow. When his flesh became cold, the jibi of Papukewitz went away. His spirit went away. So Papukewitz found himself standing alone on a prairie. Soon there came nearby a herd of elk. He thought, They are very happy. I will be an elk. He went near them and said, Make me an elk. I wish to live among you. They said, Yes, get down on your hands and knees. And soon he found himself an elk. I want big horns and big feet, said Papukewis. I want to be very large. Yes, yes, said the elk. So they made him very large. At last they said, Are you large enough? Papukewis said, Yes. So he lived with the elks. One cold day they all went into the woods for shelter. Soon some of the herd came racing by like a strong wind. At once all began to run. Keep out on the prairies, they said to Papukewis. But he was so large he got tangled up in the thick woods. He soon smelt the hunters. They were all following his trail. Papukewis jumped high. He broke down saplings. Then the hunters shot him. He jumped higher. He jumped over the treetops. Then all the hunters shot him, and so they killed him. Then they skinned him. When his flesh became cold, the spirit of Papukewis went away. Thus Papukewis had many adventures. After a long time, Manzabozo killed him. Then he was really dead because he was killed in his human form. Manabozo said, You shall not be permitted to live on the earth again. I will make you a war eagle. Thus Papukewis became a war eagle. He lives in the sky. Iagu the Boaster, Ojibwa Footnote From his lodge went Papukewis, came with speed into the village, found the young men all assembled in the lodge of old Iagu, listening to his monstrous stories, to his wonderful adventures. Homeward now returned Iagu, the great traveler, the great boaster, full of new and strange adventures, marvels, many and many wonders. Hiawatha, end note. Iagu was a great boaster. Once he told the people of a water lily he had seen. He said the leaf was large enough to make garments for his wife and daughter. One evening Iagu was sitting in his wigwam on the bank of the river. He heard ducks quack on the stream. He shot at them without aiming. He shot through the door of the wigwam. Behold, his arrow pierced a swan flying by. It killed many ducks in the stream. The arrow flew farther. It killed two loons just coming up from beneath the water. And then it killed a very large fish. Iagu went hunting. 
He followed the trail of the deer through the forest. He shot a deer and skinned it. He lifted the meat upon his shoulders. As he came from his hunting place, Iagu saw a person on a prairie before him. He pursued that person. Iagu ran half a day after that one. Then he remembered the meat upon his shoulders. He remembered he carried the body of the deer. Iagu had many adventures. He found mosquitoes in a bog land. They were very large. The wing of one he used for a sail for his canoe when the breeze blew. The nose of that insect was as large as his wife's digging stick. One day Iagu watched a beaver's lodge. He watched for the peering head of a beaver. Behold, an ant went by. She had killed a hare. She dragged hare's body on the ground behind her. Ojig the Summer Maker Ojibwa Ojig was a great hunter. He lived on the southern shore of Lake Superior. Oji had a wife and one son. Now the son hunted game as the father taught him. He followed the trails over the snow, for snow lay always on the ground. It was always cold. Therefore the boy returned home crying. One day, as he went to his father's wigwam in the cold and snow, he saw a red squirrel gnawing the end of a pine cone. Now the son of Ojig had shot nothing all day, because his hands were so cold. When he saw red squirrel, he came nearer and raised his bow. Red squirrel said, My grandson, put up your arrow, listen to me. The boy put the arrow in his quiver. Red Squirrel said, You pass my wigwam very often. You cry because you cannot kill birds. Your fingers are numb with cold. Obey me. Thus it shall always be summer. Thus you can kill many birds. Red Squirrel said again, Obey me. When you reach your father's wigwam, throw down your bow and arrows. Begin to weep. If your mother says, My son, what is the matter? Do not answer her. Continue weeping. If she says, My son, eat this, you must refuse the food. Continue weeping. In the evening, when your father comes in, he will say to your mother, What is the matter with my son? She will say, He came in crying, he will not tell me. Your father will say, My son, what is the matter? I am a spirit. Nothing is too hard for me. Then you must answer, It is always cold and dreary snow lies always upon the ground melt the snow my father so that we may have always summer then your father will say it is very difficult to do what you ask i will try then you must be quiet you must eat the food they give you and thus it happened ojig then said i must make a feast i must invite my friends to go on this journey with me at once ojig killed a bear the next day he had a great feast there were otter beaver and lynx also wolverine and badger were at the feast then they started on their journey on the twentieth day they came to the foot of a high mountain there was blood in the trail some person had killed an animal they followed the trail of that person they arrived at a wigwam ojig said do not laugh be very quiet a man stood in the doorway of the wigwam he was a great manito he was a head only. Thus he was very strange. Then he made a feast for them. He made very curious movements, so Otter laughed. At once the Manito leaped upon him. He sprang on him, but Otter slipped out from under him and escaped. The Manito and the animals talked all night. 
The Monito said to Ojig, the fisher, You will succeed. You will be the summer-maker. But you will die. Yet the summer will come. Now when they followed the trail in the morning, they met Otter. He was very cold and hungry, therefore Fisher gave him meat. Then they journeyed on. On the twentieth day they came to the top of a lofty mountain, and then they smoked their pipes. Then Ojig the Fisher and the animals prepared themselves. Ojig said to Otter, We must first make a hole in the sky cover. You try first. Otter made a great spring. He did not even touch the sky cover. He fell back down the hill to the bottom of the hill. Then Otter said, I will go home. So he did. Then Beaver tried. He fell. Also Lynx and Badger fell. Then Wolverine tried. He made a great leap and touched the sky. Then he leaped again. He pressed against the sky cover. He leaped a third time. The sky cover broke, and Wolverine went into the skyland. Fisher also sprang in quickly after him. Thus Wolverine and Fisher were in the sky plain in the summerland. There were many flowers and streams of bright water. There were birds in the trees, and fish and water birds on the streams. Many lodges stood there, but they were empty. In each lodge were many mukots, many bird cages, with birds in them. At once Ojig began to cut the mokats. The birds flew out. They flew down through the hole in the sky cover to the earth plain below. They carried warm air down with them. Now when the people of the skyland saw these strangers and their birds escaping, they ran to their wigwams. But they were too late. Spring and summer and autumn had slipped down the hole in the sky cover. Endless summer was just passing through, but they broke it in two with a blow. Therefore only a part of endless summer came down to the earth plain. Now when Wolverine heard the noise of the sky people running to their lodges, he jumped down the hole and escaped. Fisher also tried to jump, but the people had shut the cover. Therefore Fisher ran, and the people pursued him. He climbed a great tree in the north, and the people began shooting at him. Now Fisher was a spirit. He could not be hurt except in the tip of his tail. At last they shot him in his tail. Fisher called to the sky people to stop shooting, but they did not stop until darkness came, and then they went away. Fisher climbed down. He went towards the north. He said, I have kept my promise to my son. The seasons will now be different. There will be many moons without snow and cold. Thus Fisher died with the arrow sticking in his tail. It can be seen there even to this day. Footnote. He was telling them the story of Ojig the summer-maker, how he made a hole in heaven, how he climbed up into heaven, and let out the summer weather, the perpetual summer weather, how the otter first essayed it, how the beaver, lynx, and badger tried in turn the great achievement from the summit of the mountain. Hiawatha. End note. Rabbit Goes Duck Hunting. Cherokee. Rabbit was very boastful. One day he met Otter, and Otter said, Sometimes I eat ducks. Well, I eat ducks too, said Rabbit. So they went up the stream until they saw several ducks in the water. They followed the trail softly, then they stood on the river bank. Rabbit said, You go first. At once Otter dived from the bank. He swam under water until he reached a duck. Then he pulled it under quickly so that the other ducks were not frightened. 
While he was under water, Rabbit peeled bark from a sapling and made a noose. Now watch me, he said, when Otter came back. He dived in and swam under water until he was nearly choked, so he came to the top to breathe. He did this several times. The last time he came up among the ducks and threw the noose over the head of one. Duck spread her wings and flew up, with Rabbit hanging to the end of the noose. Up and up flew the ducks, but Rabbit could not hold on any longer. Then he let go and dropped. Rabbit fell into a hollow sycamore. It was very tall and had no hole at the bottom. Rabbit stayed there until he was so hungry he ate his own fur, even as he does to this day. After many days he heard children playing around the tree. He began to sing, "'Cut a door and look at me. I'm the prettiest thing you ever did see.' The children at once ran home to tell their father. He came and cut a hole in the tree. As he chopped away, Rabbit kept singing, "'Cut it larger so you can see me. I am very pretty.' So they made the hole larger. Then Rabbit told them to stand back so they could get a good look at him. They stood back. Then Rabbit sprang out and leaped away. Rabbit and the Tar Baby Biloxi Rabbit aided his friend, the Frenchman, with his work. They planted potatoes. Rabbit looked upon the potato vines as his share of the crop and ate them all. Again Rabbit aided his friend, the Frenchman. This time they planted corn. When it was grown, Rabbit said, This time I will eat the roots. So he pulled up all the corn by the roots, but he found nothing to satisfy his hunger. Then the Frenchman said, Let us dig a well. Rabbit said, no you dig it alone the frenchman said then you shall not drink water from the well that does not matter said rabbit i am used to licking off the dew from the ground so the frenchman dug his well then he made a tar baby and stuck it up close to the well one day rabbit came near the well carrying a long piece of hollow cane and a tin bucket when he reached the well he spoke to the tar baby it did not answer friend what is the matter are you angry asked rabbit tar baby did not answer so rabbit hit him with a forepaw the forepaw stuck there let me go said rabbit or i will hit you on the other side tar baby paid no attention so rabbit hit him with the other forepaw and that stuck fast i will kick you said rabbit but when he kicked him the hind paw stuck very well he said i will kick you with the other foot so he kicked him with the other foot, and that stuck fast. By that time, Rabbit looked like a ball, all four paws sticking to the tar baby. Just then the Frenchman came to the well. He picked Rabbit up, tied his paws together, laid him down, and scolded him. Rabbit pretended to be in great fear of a briar patch. If you are so afraid of a briar patch, said the Frenchman, I will throw you into one. Oh, no, no, said Rabbit. I will throw you into the briar patch, repeated the Frenchman. I am much afraid of it, answered Rabbit. Since you are in such dread of it, I will throw you into it, said the Frenchman. So he picked up Rabbit and threw him far into the briar patch. Rabbit fell far away from the Frenchman. Then he picked himself up and ran off, laughing at the trick he had played on the Frenchman. Rabbit and Tar Wolf, Cherokee once the weather was dry for so long that there was no more water in the springs and creeks the animals held a council to see what to do about it they decided to dig a well and all agreed to help 
except Rabbit, who was a lazy fellow. Rabbit said, I don't need to dig for water. The dew on the grass is enough for me. The others did not like this, but they all started to dig the well. It stayed dry for a long while, and even the water in the well was low. Still, Rabbit was lively and bright. Rabbit steals our water at night, they said. So they made a wolf of pine gum and tar. They set it by the well to scare the thief. That night, Rabbit came again to the well. He saw the black thing there. Who's there? he asked, but the tar wolf did not answer. Rabbit came nearer, yet tar wolf did not move. Rabbit grew brave and said, Get out of my way. Tar wolf did not move. So Rabbit hit him with his paw, but it stuck fast in the gum. Rabbit became angry and said, Let go my paw. Still, tar wolf said nothing. So Rabbit hit him with his hind foot, and that stuck in the gum. So tar wolf held Rabbit fast until morning. Then the other animals came for water. When they found Rabbit stuck fast, they made great fun of him for a while. At last, Rabbit managed to get away. Rabbit and Panther Menominee Rabbit was a great boaster. He wanted a medicine lodge and to have people think he was a great medicine man. Now one day, Wabas the rabbit and his wife were traveling. They came to a low hill covered with poplar sprouts. They were green and tender, and therefore Rabbit decided to make his home there. Rabbit went first to the top of a hill and built a wigwam. He made trails from it in all directions, so he might see anyone who approached. When the wigwam was finished, Rabbit told his wife he was going to dance, but first he ran all about the hill to see if anyone was watching him. He found no trail. Then he returned and began his song. Now, just as Rabbit returned to his wigwam, Panther reached the base of the hill, and he found Rabbit's trail. He followed it until he reached the place where Rabbit and his wife were dancing. Here he hid to watch Rabbit. Now Rabbit told his wife to sit at one end of the lodge while he went to the other. He took his medicine bag. Then he approached her four times, chanting, Yaha! 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 Then he shot at his wife, just as a medicine man does when he shoots at a new member. Then Rabbit's wife arose and shot at him. Thus they were very happy. Then Rabbit began to sing a song which meant this, If Panther comes across my trail while I am biting the bark from the poplars, he will not be able to catch me, for I am a good runner. When he had finished his song, Rabbit told his wife he would go out hunting. Panther waited for his return. Now, as Rabbit started home again, he was very happy, but when he reached Panther's hiding place, his enemy sprang on his trail. Rabbit saw him and started back on his trail. Panther raced after him. He caught him and said, You are the man who said I could not catch you. Now, who is the fastest runner? And before Rabbit could answer, Panther ate him up. But Rabbit was such a boastful man. How Rabbit Stole Otter's Coat Cherokee All the animals were of different sizes and wore different coats. Some wore long fur and others wore short fur. Some had rings on their tails, others had no tails at all. The coats of the animals were of many colors, brown or black or yellow or gray. 
The animals were always quarreling about whose coat was the finest. Therefore they held a council to decide the matter. Now everyone had heard a great deal about Otter, but he lived far up the trail. He did not often visit the others. It was said he had the finest coat of all, but it was so long since they had seen him that no one remembered what it was like. They did not even know just where he lived, but they knew he would come when he heard of the council. Rabbit was afraid the council would say that Otter had the finest coat. He learned by what trail Otter would come to the council. Then he went a four days' march up the trail to meet him. At last he saw Otter coming. He knew him at once by his beautiful coat of soft brown fur. Otter said, Where are you going? They sent me to bring you to the council, answered Rabbit. They were afraid you might not know the trail. So Rabbit turned back and they traveled together. They traveled all day. At night Rabbit picked out a camping place. Otter was a stranger in that part. Rabbit cut down bushes for beds and made everything comfortable. Next morning they started on again. In the afternoon Rabbit picked up pieces of bark and wood as they followed the trail and loaded them on his back. "'Why are you doing that?' asked Otter. "'So that we may be warm and comfortable to-night,' said Rabbit. Near sunset they stopped and made camp. After supper Rabbit began to whittle a stick, shaving it down to a paddle. "'Why are you doing that?' asked Otter again. "'Oh,' said Rabbit, "'I have good dreams when I sleep with a paddle under my head.' When the paddle was finished, Rabbit began to cut a good trail through the bushes to the river. "'Why are you doing that?' asked Otter. "'This is called the place where it rains fire, and sometimes it does rain fire here,' said Rabbit. "'The sky looks a little that way tonight. You go to sleep, and I will sit up and watch. If you hear me shout, you run and jump into the river. Better hang your coat on that limb over there so it will not get burned.' Otter did as Rabbit told him. Then both curled up and Otter went to sleep, but Rabbit stayed awake. After a while the fire burned down to red coals. Rabbit called to Otter. He was fast asleep. Then he called again, but Otter did not awaken. Then Rabbit rose softly. He filled the paddle with hot coals, threw them up into the air, and shouted, "'It's raining fire! It's raining fire!' The hot coals fell on Otter, and he jumped up. "'To the river!' shouted Rabbit, and Otter fled into the water. So he has lived in the water ever since. Rabbit at once took Otter's coat and put it on, leaving his own behind. Then he followed the trail to the council. All the animals were waiting for Otter. At last they saw him coming down the trail. They said to each other, "'Otter is coming!' They sent one of the small animals to show him the best seat. After he was seated, the animals all went up and turned to welcome him, but Otter kept his head down with one paw over his face. The animals were surprised. They did not know Otter was so bashful. At last, Bear pulled the paw away. There was Rabbit. He sprang up and started to run. Bear struck at him and pulled the tail off his coat. But Rabbit was too quick and got safely away. Rabbit and Bear Biloxi. Rabbit and Bear had been friends for some time. One day Rabbit said to Bear, Come and visit me. I live in a very large briar patch. And then he went home. When he reached home, he went out and gathered a quantity of young canes which he hung up. After a while, Bear reached a place near his house 
but was seeking the large briar patch. Now Rabbit really dwelt in a very small patch. When Rabbit found that Bear was near, he began to make a pattering sound with his feet. Bear was scared. He retreated to a distance and then stopped and stood listening. As soon as Rabbit saw this, he cried out, "'Hello, my friend. Was it you whom I treated in that manner? Come and take a seat.' So Bear went back to Rabbit's house and took a seat. Rabbit gave the young canes to his guest, who swallowed them all. Rabbit nibbled now and then at one, while Bear swallowed all the others. "'This is what I have always liked,' said Bear when he went home. "'Come and visit me. I dwell in a large bent tree.' Not long after, Rabbit started on his journey. He spent some time seeking the large bent tree, but he could not find it. Bear lived in a hollow tree, and he sat there growling. Rabbit heard the growls, and fled for some distance before he sat down. Then Bear called, "'Hello, my friend! Was it you whom I treated in that manner? Come here and sit down.' Rabbit did so. Bear said, "'You are now my guest, but there is nothing for you to eat.' So Bear went in search of food. Bear went to gather young canes, but as he went along, he gathered also the small black bugs, which live in decayed logs. When he had been gone some time, he returned to his lodge with only a few young canes. He put them down before Rabbit, and then walked around him in a circle. In a little while he offered Rabbit the black bugs. "'I have never eaten such food,' said Rabbit. Bear was offended. He said, "'When I was your guest, I ate all the food you gave me, as I liked it very well. Now, when I offer you food, why do you treat me in this way?' Then Bear said also, "'Before the sun sets, I shall kill you.' Rabbit's heart beat hard from terror, for Bear stood at the entrance of the hollow log to prevent his escape. But Rabbit was very nimble. He dodged first this way and then that, and with a long leap he got out of the hollow tree. He went at once to his briar-patch and sat down. Rabbit was very angry with Bear. He shouted at him, "'When people are hunting you, I will go toward your hiding-place and show them where you are.' That is why, when the dogs hunt a rabbit, they always shoot a bear. That is all. End of Part 4